You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're looking at the way that our view of God affects the way that we live our everyday lives. So in a recent sermon in our our series in Galatians, Pastor Joe mentioned that one of the things we should often remind ourselves of is the fact that God delights in us. But the fact of the matter is there's often a gap between our stated belief about who we believe God to be and then our everyday actions and the way that that plays out in our lives that we may see God differently than how he has described himself. So how do we close that gap and what does it mean for us to have an accurate view of God and have that inform our daily lives? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome in to Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got the rest of our team, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is how the how our view of God uh, impacts the rest of our lives. And so uh, just to give a little background here, this kind of uh, came out of a sermon that that Joe gave recently, where he was saying at the end uh, in our Galatians series that uh, we should just remind ourselves that when God looks at us, he looks at us with delight. And uh, I don't know about you, but I know for me, that's not always how I think of God. And one of the things I've realized is that uh, the way that I view God also impacts the way that I view the world. It impacts the way that I interact with others in my relationships. I tend to think of them relating to me in the same in, inaccurate ways that I think of God relating to me. And it just, it's uh, a foundational understanding. So that's kind of the dynamic we're going to explore today. I think that's probably why uh, A.W. Tozer was famous for saying uh, what comes to a man's mind when he thinks There's about God, God is the most important yeah. thing about him. So yeah. uh, I think what, what we do think about what God thinks about us plays its way out in a lot more ways than we probably think. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I think a lot of people listening to this, I mean, it's obviously a podcast for people who go to Christ Community right. Chapel so they could say, well, I'm, uh, I have the biblical view of God. A- and I think what's interesting here is to think for all of us, oftentimes, there's a gap between our stated belief mm-hmm. and our actual belief, right? So my stated belief is whatever the Bible says about God is true, right? But my actual belief, my functional day-to-day belief about God can be different than that and can even exist on a subconscious level. And I think what we're saying here is more of that actual belief. Because when Joe tells us, hey, when God looks at you, delights, he shows us in Scripture, we're going, okay, yeah, all right, I believe that. But that doesn't mean our actual belief, Mm -hmm. our functional belief has has changed. And And so I think the first step in this would be just identifying what is, I mean, because Jimmy, you started with, hey, I think Sometimes my view of God is different. Yeah. That requires a certain level of introspection and honesty to say, what is my actual belief about God? And I think for most of us, our actual belief about God is probably informed by other relationships we've had. You know, a dad or a uh, pastor or, yeah. a, you know, that, uh, that actually gives shape to yeah. what we think about God. So we're not challenging your theology of God, right? But saying most of us live day to day on a different level. Uh, and and what that view of God actually is what shapes your life. Does yeah. that make well, sense? And, I mean, the bigness of God and all the different categories that <laughs> we could list off that he is and that he fills, I don't, I don't know. I think that also keeps me from sometimes thinking more about his justice or more about, uh, I don't know, different yeah. parts of who God is than, again, how he sees me and how that then informs I, I do I think that. Zach's right that, you know, it often ties back to, you know, some sort of experience mm-hmm. when yeah. you're in a formative time. So for me, for example, I would say that, um, you know, obviously my stated view of God is theologically accurate. I went to mm-hmm. seminary. I'm a pastor. I know what 
I'm supposed to say when you say, what does God think about you? But I think this is just something that dawned on me in some conversations my wife and I were having over the last you know, couple of days, just that uh, I, I do tend to think of God sometimes when I'm not healthy as you know, ready to spring forward with judgment or yeah. uh, he's skeptical of me. And I think if I think back to my, you know, my upbringing, like the, uh, I, I grew up in a, a church that I really love, but I do think it was a church that emphasized God's judgment in favor of, of God's grace or his delight in yeah. us more frequently. And so I think that, you know, from uh, being a young child in, in Sunday school classes, that, that that belief was pretty rock solid, that yeah. God was ready and willing to judge me. Yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> the analogy that comes to mind is Amy and I sometimes teach uh, the marriage class at the church, Exploring Marriage, I know, and Joe and Karen uh, are teaching it right now. And, and there are times where I'm up there talking about, let's say, uh, conflict management, right? And I'm laying out biblical principles for how to handle conflict, but I'm chuckling, or my wife and I are looking at each other with a twinkle in our eye because we just had a fight yesterday. We didn't <laughs> Maybe follow they, any of them. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like that's the difference between my stated belief. Someone says, could you write curriculum right. on how to handle conflict? I mean, well, I could do that. I, I know I write what the Bible time. But But what happens in the heat of the moment is I default to what I grew up with. I default to sin patterns. I default. And that's where most of us are. That's where we live our lives. So when you say, hey, I believe God cares about my heart, right? But your default is you don't spend time in prayer. And I would say, my guess is your actual belief is you're not sure if God cares about your heart, right? And rather than push back from that and go, well, well of course that's I believe not, that. yeah. is to say, okay, if that's where you are, then, then, then how do we recognize that that's really what's shaping my view of God? That's what's shaping my life. And how do I inform that? How do I get a belief Close to go the from, gap. Yeah. Yeah, from my head uh, to my heart, so to speak? Part of my problem is I mean, I've been a preacher or a teacher for so long that I don't know what uh, the experience is for somebody else. But for me, like that particular sermon, uh, that was an epiphany for me. Uh, and those are the best moments in uh, anybody who has taught or prepared for a sermon knows for, for me, that was the, uh, what is the environment for which I was created? And it was an aha moment, something that I knew, I knew that God delighted, but for me to go, uh, to be reminded afresh. Yeah. And then to, to spend the time every day for a week or two weeks, uh, waking up every morning, writing in my journal, uh, when you look at me, your face lights up, yeah. you know, but part of that is I've, and, and I, you know, within an hour of writing that I'll have forgotten. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but you got to keep writing. But you are right. at least you efforting translating that Absolutely. theological right. concept in down into, to, yeah. down into your heart. Yeah. Cause it's fleeting. Well, it's, it's almost to me, you know, people will say, uh, my brother and I were talking about uh, preaching and, you know, he was, he's a, a pastor too. And, he was going. I don't know how much people remember, you know. And I was going. You know, I don't. I don't know if you need to remember much. Um, in some ways, uh, hearing a sermon is a bit like eating a meal. You, you'll know if you miss six months of meal. <laughs> if you eat a meal every day, like I can't remember what I ate, you know, three days ago. I know I'm alive now, and that <laughs> right. you know it. It. It nourished me. So part of it is being reminded of the truth every day. That's why I think spending time with God is so yeah. important every day because in, in some ways I'm, I drive uh, truth down to my heart and then it 
evaporates. Then I drive truth down to my heart and it evaporates. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's always a danger and we're recording this podcast on a Wednesday and I'm preaching tomorrow. So I try not to fit my sermon into the podcast. But one of the things uh, that I have on my mind this week as I prepare is capacity for. for it's hard not to, though, when, you're, when yeah. you're preparing because I know. It, it's. I know my wife says I'm insufferable, important. right? Yeah. yeah so, somebody asked me one time uh, if you could preach any sermon, what sermon would you preach this week? And I said, the one I'm. Yeah, the one I'm working <laughs> on. Because you get so excited about it. Yeah. Okay, but I think about capacity for, for God's goodness. Mm. Like my kids, this is a good example with my kids. If I say to Ella, my four-year-old this morning, we're going to go get ice cream tonight. The wonder of that yeah. will pervade her entire day. Yeah, She will spend all day saying, we're getting ice cream. Yeah. She will play ice cream shop at the house. <laughs> yep. She will draw a picture of the ice cream she yeah. wants. She will talk about the ice cream all the way. And then she'll go to bed that night after the ice cream talking about her capacity for wonder yeah. is so great. Yeah. I won't think about going to get ice cream until I'm in the car. I will grumble about the drive, about the price of feeding, I have a big family, seven people ice cream, right? And I'll enjoy the taste of the ice cream for about three minutes, right? Because something about life and the older you get, your capacity for wonder, and that happens with God, I think. In, in some ways, what we're fighting to do is to hold on to the wonder that God delights in us longer than just hearing it in a sermon. Does that make sense? Like yeah. trying to it does. It feels yeah. like it escapes to yeah. for that. And and, and and I think that's where uh, Joe, when you say because when you say uh, that's why you got to spend time with the Lord, which anyone who knows you knows you're passionate about. But so that people understand why, yeah. and part mm-hmm. of the why is because God is really great, but you got to fight to hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it leaks, and it leaks quickly. Right. Well, and throughout Scripture, we're told to remind ourselves, and I just feel like oh, that right. is another, yeah. like, I have to remind myself, and which is good. Your challenge was great, too, for us to every day remind ourselves that he delights in us, because I wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why, I mean, being in Scripture, I find listening to worship music, too. I mean, like, even just that can, I think, open up a little bit the wonder based on how you're wired, but can the wonder of who God is. And part of, Jimmy, what you were asking, uh, like at the beginning of the podcast, is how does your view of God then impact your day-to-day life? Yeah. And I think the longer I can hang mm. on to the goodness of God, the more the better I deal with disappointments, the better yeah. I deal with yeah, the yeah. pressure, yeah. performance, all the things Identity. That, that nag me, that are my, I have all kinds of fault lines, I think, in my personality and my soul. The longer I hold on to the goodness yeah. of God, the smaller those fault lines are. But yeah. the, the quicker I give up, boy, the uh, the quicker that those fault lines are exploited and I end up doing terrible in a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, in some ways, the biggest thing is is uh, how you interpret the day. I don't I don't know if the day changes, but it's it's you know I go back to that example with Ella. She's like, today we're getting ice cream today, right? Even when bad things happen, she's interpreting them as, well, this stinks, but we're one but, hour closer to ice cream. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. We're, we're, we're headed to ice cream. Ice we're we're getting ice cream. Yeah. Right? And, and I think 
part of it is the more acquainted I am with the biblical concept of God and that God loves me, that he smiles yeah. when he sees me, that he delights in me, the the more I can say when when even difficult or negative things come my way, the more I can understand them as in light of his goodness. Yeah. Instead of what tends to happen, which is why wonder shrinks from us, we interpret God's goodness in light of the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he starts to yeah. feel less good and, and less wonderful versus saying, no, 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 this is what's true. And now I'm going to view the rest of the day in this way. Yeah, I think, you know, the analogy of a parent and child is good from a number of angles in this conversation, because I was thinking about this uh, just the other night when I was putting my son to bed uh, and he had finally fallen asleep, which in recent weeks has been, you know, somewhat, <laughs> of, a, somewhat of a battle. And so, but I, then I was just in his bed laying there realizing, like looking at him with, with love and not at all thinking about, now I'm so frustrated that, you know, we're an hour later than we're supposed to be or that we had to fight like this yeah. to to make this happen. And just realizing that um, even, you know, obviously all of us have times in our life where we sin and we, uh, but but even amidst those times, because of the work of Jesus, when God looks at us, he doesn't see those things. Right. He, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't see us as our sin and our shame and the things that, that we feel like we're disappointing him with. He, he sees the perfect and finished work of Jesus. And in, in so doing, he does, he delights in us and looks at us with a smile on his face. And I feel like that's true, you know, and then I feel like watching my son, I can, I can see the impact that, uh, you know, a healthy parent-child relationship can have. If my son has a bedrock knowledge that he is loved by yeah. my wife and myself, yep. it, it absolutely changes the way that he goes about his day and the way that he interacts with others and, I feel like the same is true of us with God. Yeah, I think one thing is we we have to lean into what's true, even when it doesn't feel true. And I think that's the, like, if you're listening to this, you're going, okay, well, what does that look like? I think that's what Joe's saying is that you spend time with God in the morning, even if in that moment you don't feel like, you feel like he's ready to pounce on you. You feel like, because you, if you don't uh, speak truth to that, that's just where you're going to, live. So I think even clumsily saying, okay, God, I'm going to tell you what's on my heart this morning. I'm not even sure I believe that you care. Again, stated belief. I know you care. Actual belief. I'm not sure, but I'm going to lean into this because you, I'm shocked by like- That's what the psalmist says. Yes. I was just going to say that. I love when David starts like, God, where are you? And then he ends with praise and you're going, what changed? And I think just what, it's something about verbalizing, I I think that that causes us to, to go, wait a minute, hold on. It's almost like talking about it is how you move from actual belief mm-hmm. to stated belief, right? It's what puts those things yeah. in tension. Well, wait a minute. I just said to God, I'm not sure you love me, but, right. but I know, wait, I know. I know Versus if I hold on to that thought uh, and I don't and I don't say it out loud yep. and I don't confess it and I don't, it really never gets dealt with. It just festers. Stacy, you brought it up uh, a little bit ago that there's something about worship too, like mm-hmm. uh, listening to worshiping. That's why I think... Uh, it's a mistake when people just uh, watch the sermon online yeah. and don't yeah. come to worship because there are times when I'm in worship uh, and people are singing around me and I'm and there's something that's connected to the to words and music that goes deeper and to a different place in my soul. I don't yeah. know, I don't understand it. Right, right. I know I can watch uh, football highlights 
and it's in slow motion. Music is playing that can make me cry. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's but that's because you're, you're a Browns fan, and the highlights are usually <laughs> against right. us. Yeah, right. yeah. but uh, but with worship, I think there's something that's just wonderful about that that can actually uh, drive the the truth deeper than it would have otherwise. Yeah, and I thought of that because you said goodness of God, and I can't oh, hear that song without song. crying. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like, and I would add to, I would add to that even another layer, and that is that the power of community because mm-hmm. I think I have been in services before and we're obviously at an advantageous position because we, we know more people's stories than yeah, the average, but so I mean, I've been in services where we're singing about how, you know, God won't fail us. And I'm saying the person behind me just lost a family member. Yeah. And I'm hearing them sing this and I'm, and, 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 and I'm, they're leaning into the goodness of God yeah. at a time that's really powerful because I know their story, right? And I think there's something about community that yeah. whether it's us reminding each other when I'm low, you're reminding me, or it's, it's even seeing uh, uh, the other person's love and affection for God. There's certainty that God yes. loves them in yeah. the midst of what is a really difficult and painful uh, situation. I think really what we're saying is that the church was designed by God in yeah. a large part to to be a community that fosters this right understanding of God, yeah. not just state of belief, but actual belief, and, and teaches all of us to live in that belief with each other and with God. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.